the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. Matthew, the 8th chapter. Here once I'm going to start reading at verse 14. Notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares to us. It says, And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word. And healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Esaias the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Dear ones, on today I would like for us to continue on in our discussion uh, concerning this mosaic of faith that Matthew is giving to us. We've been talking about this mosaic of faith that Matthew is giving to us in Matthew the 8th chapter all the way into the ninth chapter. He's giving us different pictures of what faith is and what faith can do. And so he's giving us this, this mosaic which is giving us the bigger picture, the broader picture that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he demonstrates that he is the Christ. He demonstrates that he is God by showing that he has power and authority over sickness, over death, over disease, over defilement, and even over the demons themselves. And so we want to continue on in this mosaic of faith that Matthew is laying out before us by focusing our attention on the picture of faith that he gives to us that's found in verses 14 through 17 of Matthew, the eighth chapter. And it is from this picture that he gives to us, dear ones, that we are going to get a look at and be able to see what responsive faith looks like. So we're going to talk about responsive faith on today or faith that is responsive. 
Now, dear ones, responsive faith or faith that is responsive, that addresses those things and those actions that a person begins to take that are in response to something that the Lord has done for them. And what, and, and what we need to realize is that the Lord does take note and he does pay attention to how we respond to those things that he does for us. Amen. And so responsive faith or faith that is responsive, it talks about, it addresses those things, those actions, those, those things that a person does that are in direct response to what the Lord has done for them. So, so the Lord does something for that individual and they respond in a certain way. And the Lord pays attention to how we respond to the things that we, He does for us. And the reason why this is important, it is important for us to take note of, dear ones, is because how we respond to things, how we respond to the things that someone does for us is an accurate indicator of the measure and the level of respect and honor that we give to that person. So how we respond to what things, what things that a person does for us, that is a direct indicator, uh, a clear indicator of the level of honor and respect that we give to that person. And it is also a good indicator of the degree of the value, appreciation, and gratitude that we have for what has been done for us. Amen. And so how we respond is important. How we respond is, is, is vitally important to take note of because it is an indicator of the level of respect. It is an indicator of the level of honor that you give to the person that has done this thing for you. But it is also a good indicator of the, of the level of value and appreciation that you have for what has been done for you. Now most of us in here today have had times in our lives where something has been done for us or something has been given to us and we valued and appreciated it either because of the high level of respect that we had for the person who gave it to us or because we deeply appreciated what it was that that person did for us. Amen. And so most of us in here have had times in our lives where we highly were, were very appreciative and very grateful for something that has been done for us because we valued and respected the person that did it or we just deeply appreciated what was done for us we had a serious need and they did something for us to help meet that need and we were deeply appreciative for what has been done but then there are other times where something has been done for us that we did not think much of and we did not really value either because of we had very little respect for the person that did it for us or we didn't really care for what they did. We really didn't like what they gave to us. We didn't appreciate what they gave to us. And so we didn't have the same level of, of appreciation and gratitude. We didn't view it in the same way either because we didn't have as much respect for the person that did it for us or because we didn't value what was done for us. We didn't truly take it and value it the way it should have been. And dear ones, I want to give you two examples of why we need to pay attention to how we respond to what the Lord does for us. The first example, hold your finger here in Matthew 8, but let's all turn to Psalm 116. The 116th Psalm, the psalmist begins to speak to us about this whole thing of valuing what the Lord does for us. And in Psalm 116, notice what he says, starting at verse 1. He says, I love the Lord. Because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he has inclined his ear unto me. 
Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. So the psalmist is saying, I found myself in a bad place. I found myself in a bad situation. Or as we would like to say, a bad situation. I found myself in a bad situation. And I was having a hard time. And I called upon the Lord. Notice what he said, verse 4. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Return unto your rest, O my soul. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death. My eyes from tears and my feet from falling. The psalmist says, the Lord delivered me. He brought me out of that bad place. He brought me out of that bad situation. He did for me what no one else could do. And in some cases, what some would not do. And so God did for me what no one else was able to do for me. But now jump down to verse 12. Notice what he says. What shall I render unto the Lord? For all his benefits towards me. For all that God has done for me. What do I render unto him? What do I give back to him? How do I respond to what God has done for me? Lord have mercy. Notice what he says. Verse 13. I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Lord have mercy. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant and the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bounds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. He says, I'll pay my vows twice. Notice he says, the psalmist says, I'll pay my vows twice. To the Lord in the presence of all the people. Amen. In other words, Lord, because of all that you have done for me, yes. I'm going to do what I told you I said I would do. Amen. I'm going to do and I don't care who sees it. Because I'm going to do it in the presence of all the people. So you can see, you, I, I, I told the Lord if he would bless me that I'd do these things. I told the Lord that if he would spare my life, I would serve him the rest of my days. I told the Lord that he would only, if he would only spare my family or bless my family or deliver my child or bring my marriage back together. I told God if he would do these things for me, then Lord, I will give you my life. I will surrender to you. He did it and I'm going to do what I told God I said I would do. The psalmist says twice, I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all the people. But now, dear ones, let's turn to Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, because there Moses gives us a warning concerning not doing what we said we would do. Moses warns us about it. And notice what he says, Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. I'm going to start reading at verse six. Notice what he says, Moses says, he says, Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. 
For the Lord your God brings you into a good land, a land of brooks and of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valley and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein you shall eat bread without scarceness, you shall not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you may dig brass. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. But now, dear ones, let's turn to Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy. The eighth chapter, because there Moses gives us a warning concerning not doing what we said we would do. Moses warns us about it. And notice what he says, Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. I'm going to start reading at verse six. Notice what he says. Moses says, he says, therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God brings you into a good land, a land of brooks and of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valley and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein you shall eat bread without scarceness, you shall not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you may dig brass. In other words, Moses is saying, God's bringing you into your promised land, and this promise will blow your minds. Notice what he says, verse 10. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you forget not the Lord your God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command you this day, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. In other words, Moses says, I'm warning you. After God has blessed you and prospered you and multiplied everything that you have, 
Be careful that you don't forget him. Be careful you don't forget who it was that blessed you. And who it was that prospered you. And who it was that made a way for you. And who it was that, that, that provided for you. Be careful that you don't forget who did this for you. And so dear ones, we want to take a look at how responsive faith works. Or faith that responds in a positive way. To the things that the Lord does for us. And we have a picture of that in this woman that we are talking about in Matthew the 8th chapter. So we want to see what we can learn from this text of scripture. Now there was notice what it says in verse 14. It says, and when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. Now... Jesus has just finished ministering to a Roman centurion and bringing healing to his servant. We talked about that last week. How Jesus dealt with the Roman centurion's servant and how he blessed. The Roman centurion said, Jesus, you ain't got to come to my house. Just speak the word and my servant shall be healed. And so Jesus has just finished dealing with that situation and he leaves that scene and they all move towards Peter's house, possibly in order to refresh themselves or get a bite to eat, kind of catch their breath. They've been doing a lot of things and dealing with a lot of situations. And so Peter says, you know what, Jesus, my house isn't too far away from here. I don't live that far away. Let's go there and let's just get a bite to eat. Let's go there and sit down for a little bit. We can catch our breath. We can relax. Kick our sandals off for a little bit and just, you know, just kind of relax and, and decompress for a few minutes. Yeah. Jesus says, that's a good idea, Peter. Lead the way. So they go to Peter's house. And when they get there, we are told from the text of Scripture that when they get there, the people that are there, they meet Peter and Jesus and the rest of them. They meet them and say, Peter, your mother-in-law is sick. She has a fever and she is laid out and laid up. And so, and so they, I, they're there and they, they come and they say, Peter, your mother-in-law, she's really, really sick. Now, there are several things that we want to take note of from this text, dear ones. One thing is that while we are given the nature of the relationship that Peter had with this woman, because we are told that it was the, wife, the mother of Peter's wife. So we know Peter was married because he has a wife. So, but this is the mother of Peter's wife. And we're told the nature of their relationship, but we're not told her name. We don't know this woman's name. And so for ease of identification for this morning, dear ones, for ease of identification for all of us in here on today, rather than using the phrase Peter's wife's mother or Peter's mother-in-law, we just going to call her Mama Pete today. We're just going to call her Mama Pete. So this is Mama Pete. And Mama Pete has a fever. Amen. So Mama Pete is sick. Mama Pete has a fever. And so they come and say, Peter, Peter, Mama Pete is sick. She's laid up. She's laid out. And she has a fever. But another thing that we want to take note of, dear ones, is that we are told that when they got to Peter's house, they found Mama Pete laid. The text says she was laid. And the word laid that is used here, it comes from a Greek word that means, it's the Greek word balo. And it means to throw or to cast something. 
And so you're, you're talking about, like if I had a ball here and I, and I talked to Deacon Foreman, Deacon Foreman, catch. And I threw the ball to Deacon Foreman and Deacon Foreman caught it. But he said, Pastor, you threw that kind of hard. Let me throw it back to you kind of hard. So we're throwing this thing back and forth. And so we're talking about the word laid is talking about something that is thrown, that comes upon you quickly, comes upon you suddenly, comes upon you forcefully. And so this helps us to see that the situation that Mama Pete is dealing with is a situation that came upon her suddenly and unexpectedly. It is a situation that came upon her forcefully and intensely. It is something that happened to her rapidly and relentlessly. And one moment she's fine. One moment she's walking about the house doing everything like she normally does. The next moment she's laid out sick and incapacitated. She's so sick she can't move. And dear ones, how many of you that are here today, how many of you have lived long enough, been through enough, and seen and experienced enough? To understand and know that things can come upon you that can turn your world upside down. And it can happen to you in the blink of an eye. One moment life is going along fine. One moment everything is going okay. The next moment you are fighting to survive. The next moment your world has been flipped upside down and you are left dazed and confused and wondering where to go and what to do next. Now if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, when you get home, turn on your TV and watch what is happening down in Houston right now. One moment these people's lives were fine. The next moment they're fighting to survive. And the next moment after that, they're realizing that everything that they had is gone. You can find yourself like that. This is Mama Pete's situation. One moment she's fine. The next moment she's laid out, completely incapacitated, unable to move. And this helps us to understand the wisdom that is written by the wisdom writer in the book of Ecclesiastes. So hold your finger here in in Matthew, but let's real quickly. Ecclesiastes, the eighth chapter, because the wisdom writer tries to help us to understand how this could happen. And it could happen to anybody. Never think it couldn't happen to you. Never think you're beyond that. Never think you're so secure in life. You're so secure and protected in your situation that this could not happen to you. Notice what he says, Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter. I'm just going to read two verses of scripture. Ecclesiastes 9, notice what he says, starting at verse 11. The wisdom writer says, I returned and saw under the sun. That the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. Lord have mercy. See, we say, we say, you know, the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but he that endures to the end. That's not what the text says. The wisdom writer says, this is really what I'm trying to get across to you. The race is not always given to the swift. The quickest person doesn't always win. The battle is not always given to the strong. The strongest person doesn't always win. Yet bread to the wise. The smartest person doesn't always win. Lord have mercy. 
nor riches to men of understanding. The, the people that have the most knowledge and intellect don't always win. Amen. Nor yet favor to men of skill. The most skillful person doesn't, happen, doesn't always win all the time either. He says, but time and chance happen to every man. Yes. Notice what he says, verse 12. For man also knows not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. In other words, you think that everything's fine. You know, that, that, that fish that's, that's swimming along, just minding his own business, he sees that lure down there in the, in the, there's some food right in front of me. And it just looks so sumptuous. It looks so, so delectable. It looks so appetizing. It's just right there, right in front of me. He doesn't know that if he takes that bait, it will be the, as a, it will cost him his life. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.